All right, this is Brent Leary, and uh, with me today is Drew Burns. Drew is the Principal Product Marketing Manager for Adobe Target. Drew, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So before we jump in and get really deep into some of the things around uh, the trends that you're seeing for 2016 uh, when it comes to content and testing and targeting, uh, give us a little bit of your personal background. Sure. Um, I began with uh, in the content creation space, um, so on the creative side of things. Um, and as the sort of digital explosion was taking place, um, and so you know websites were just becoming very basic, but much more interactive uh, over the time that I was I was working there, and began using uh, many of Adobe's products, but uh, more specifically became really interested in test and target because we had many, many different content options that we could be doing um, in a specific location or offers that we could be delivering uh, to different customers. But also, as we introduced new uh, experiences or new designs for a website or a microsite that we were launching, I always felt a little bit of fear, uh, as most do, with that process because uh, sort of when you look historically, we would be looking at certain personas and it would be sort of an, uh, a subjective uh, we'd be making subjective decisions without data um, really driving what is working the best uh, performance-wise for our key segments. So there was, uh, we were pretty much operating out of the dark for a long time until uh, analytics um, solutions became much more robust and adopted. Uh, and, and the next obvious step there was testing and, and optimization. So once I'm seeing specific trends, whether they're positive or negative, what do we what can we glean from that uh, experience we're delivering? Can we improve it? Or can we replicate it if it's working well? Or what is working well of it? So when we're making these decisions, as we do on uh, you know a small level day-to-day, -day, but at a larger level every few years when we're refreshing our experiences for our customers, are we making that, net, that best decision? And be having testing available and accessible to everyone that needs to use it, no matter what channel you're operating from or what channels you're connecting across uh, that, that customer journey, um, having that accessible accessibility to uh, optimization and, and ultimately driving the best personalization um, is key. And so I was a user of Test and Target, very satisfied with it. Uh, it has evolved, and a, a lot of those capabilities, ancillary capabilities have been built out to make optimization even more refined and personalization much more automatic. Um, and so really thrilled with uh, the, the current state of the solution. I joined Adobe and, and it helped um, we develop the solution to be much more powerful. So let's talk about, uh, you mentioned personalization, optimization. Um, when I spoke to Kevin Lindsay oh, about two or three years ago, he mentioned this, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm gonna get the numbers exactly right, but the kind of the, the magnitude I think is pretty uh, on point around uh, for every ninety-two dollars uh, spent on uh, lead generation, so using content to drum up leads, only about a dollar fifty or so was spent on converting those leads. Uh, are we? Can you maybe give us an update as to are we still in that same kind of ratio, or have things changed over the years around that? Things have changed quite a bit. So I, I remember that. Uh, figure very well. I believe it came from a Forrester, uh, you know, research paper that they had published 
Um, and it was completely accurate. When you think about it, all the money that was being spent on email campaigns and, and uh, display advertising and, and sort of off-site acquisition channels was extensive. I think people realized driving people and large groups of people, segments, if you will, to a site was very valuable. But then this, this segment was coming to the site and getting a very vanilla experience. And so what we've been talking about uh, is sort of the experience-led business or experience-driven business where when it's not just about targeting on those acquisition channels. When someone comes to the site, you've got a lot that you're wanting to communicate on that site and a lot that uh, you could be showing. Why don't we determine, first of all, continue that conversation from what resonated off-site. So what did they click through from? Was it a, a specific offer or was it sales-driven? Or was it a package deal um, that was sent to them for a specific reason? Can we mirror that once they reach the site and then make their experience through the site much more uh, streamlined and relevant, leading to conversion? And what we're also realizing is it's not just about the website anymore. There's the mobile site. You know, mobile is swiftly overtaken web. Um, you know, we're having a lot of these mobile-first conversations with prospects as well as our own customers where they're designing for mobile-first. Um, and if you think about our behavior, how we interact with companies now, it's mostly through our, our smartphones, if you will, or through a tablet, uh, and less through the, the more traditional desktop. And the behaviors between those devices are quite a bit different, the intent. So um, there's, I think people are, you know, companies now are finally realizing that the, the, the web and more importantly, the mobile sites and mobile apps are now their direct relationship and the most immediate relationship with their customers. And so we have to get to a point where customers are feeling valued, they're being served, they feel a, a, a satisfaction with interacting with those channels. And the more that we can improve that and invest in that, uh, the, the better experience they will have and the better metrics you'll be able to see in your analytics. And by metrics, I don't just mean um, time on site or engagement. I also mean, as we were talking about, conversion uh, and maybe even propensity for a higher rate of conversion, a higher uh, order value or, or score if, it, if it's a lead. But ultimately also a metric that we're seeing a lot of our customers look at, which is customer lifetime value. So when we go back to your initial question, obviously we sort of went down the rabbit hole there, that 92 to $1 ratio, uh, there's still a tremendous amount, as there should be, that's being spent on traditional channels. And email should not be overlooked, even though it's sometimes seen as sort of the older approach. It is still very, very effective, and it has that personal connection and a personal respect. I can open that email or choose not to if it doesn't pique my interest. So it is a very respectful channel and a very effective channel. But I think we're seeing a lot more than a dollar fifty being spent now on those uh, on those website on the websites, the mobile sites, mobile apps. But more importantly, too, looking at it holistically. So how can if I'm using disparate products? integrate those products, or better yet, can I find a vendor who has done the work for me, who lets these channels, uh, who's, who's built the infrastructure so that these channels are communicating with each other, and I'm able to track this customer, visitor to customer, um, uh, seamlessly across those channels and be able to provide that next best experience. What role did uh, mobile 
and and mobile apps in particular change uh, play in increasing the amount of emphasis on conversions and and maybe talk about it in the terms of uh, location-based targeting because I think apps have to be driving uh, some of that in order for folks to um, be able to connect at the right time at the right place. Great question. And I think that uh, we are, many companies are revisiting what they've done with mobile apps. Obviously, mobile apps applications were, were hot a few years ago and everyone realized, hey, all of the other companies have mobile applications. We need one as well. But there wasn't a lot of education or insights into what the core function of those mobile applications are. So when we visit a lot of the companies that we engage with and, and prospects even, you'll see five or six mobile apps that are either old or, or not being used as much on the app store um, with varying levels of ratings, you know, some oftentimes very poor uh, because they're trying to do too much. And so what we talk to our customers about is, look, the mobile app, um, people go to their mobile site when they've got, when it's much more of an, uh, sort of an exploratory stage. Uh, or if they're doing, let's say, price comparison, or they want to get more information on a um, specific package or a specific investment that you're offering, let's say. Um, when they're using the mobile app, this is much more of an engine for customer loyalty. They're usually a customer at that point, and they're downloading it for a specific purpose. If you look at financial services, let's say, you're, you're going to see mobile app adoption skyrocketing because people can do a lot of their online banking through a mobile app. Most of the time, actually, uh, interestingly, people are going in to check their balance, as we do. We want to see what's happening with the money that we're spending, what's happening with the money we're putting in to the bank. Um, banks are seeing a lot of um, a lot of growth and potential in mobile apps to do checks, de depositing checks. So obviously that's a new area that they're exploring with the mobile apps. And what they're looking at, again, is self-service. Customer satisfaction, customer loyalty, you're going to want to engage with a bank, let's say, or a store, um, that, or even an airline. Airlines are seeing are really taking advantage of mobile apps for um, you know, getting your boarding pass, making uh, seat changes, seeing your priority level, seeing additional rewards, maybe even seeing what they can find in a specific airport. But the more that you're able to engage and show uh, that customer that you value them and you're able to provide them an ease of use um, for those core functions of their engagement with you through a mobile app, the more stickiness, the more brand loyalty they'll have over time. And so what we see uh, a lot of companies doing is when they optimize their mobile app to saying, what is the core features here that we know that our customers, we're looking at analytics, let's say, in the mobile app space. What are they using this mobile app for most? Or what do we perceive as a real value add for a new mobile app for a core, that core function? Then how is it functioning? Can I reduce the steps? Can I make it easier? And then what you bring up is sort of that next stage, and I think the great power in mobile apps and mobile in general, which is harnessing that really valuable contextual information. Where is this person? What do we believe that they're doing based on their location and past intents that they've shown us? Are they near a specific location that we might be able to push uh, a, a notification to them about a deal? Are they near a competitor that we maybe want to steal them away from? 
Um, there's a lot that can be done in terms of in-app messaging, but also location-based targeting um, that can help make a customer aware of something that's most relevant to them or sort of moving into the next-gen space, and this is their next-generation space. These are the sort of forward-thinking conversations we're having with our customers is, can I create a curated experience at an airport or in a store using the mobile app? So mobile apps can be, we can be optimizing and even personalizing push notifications based on available parking at a mall. Or if we know that you're already, we can allow you to set up your uh, roadmap, if you will, through the mall of places that you want to go to, we can, as you move through the mall, if we're levering new technology like iBeacon, trigger uh, screens and digital signage, too, that can be more relevant to you within the mall experience. So here's what's interesting is we've seen this shift away from the brick-and-mortar stores and, and other you know uh, brick-and-mortar locations, branches, if you will, of a bank. But we can also create using the digital, and we've seen a shift to the digital channels, we can also create a more curated experience when someone arrives using the digital channels at that location. So it becomes an event, and it becomes, you provide that same ease of finding and relevancy that somebody can, can have online using a mobile device at a location. Um, and another thing I want to point out in terms of Adobe Target is we now have that ability to extend to what we call the Internet of Things. So those, inter those screens that you see at kiosks, which are everywhere now. We rent movies now through kiosks. Um, we are able to, to connect Target into that, use that profile, and optimize and personalize those experiences as well. So when we talk about that mobile app to screen or digital signage or these other sort of next generation conversations, Target's at each of those steps with a unified profile to help you do it. Wow, uh, Drew, you covered a lot of great ground there. Um, for companies that are let's say they want to be a mobile first company um, and uh, what are some of the main things they need to know about or maybe to focus in on to, to get off to a good start in 2016 what are the top two or three things that they really should focus in on in order to be a mobile first and be able to deliver those kind of experiences on a consistent basis and and, and to be able to know that they're hitting the yeah I was gonna say hitting the target <laughs> but you know they're 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 creating the kind of experiences that are allowing them to create longer customer uh, relationships. That's a great question. So there's many pieces to that puzzle, obviously, uh, and I think the first most important is data. Um, do you have siloed data between your mobile teams? and your traditional web teams and your CRM or data that you are collecting from um, offline, that, that customer data as well, are all these data sets separate? And then because the importance of unifying this data and finding solutions that enable that and make that easy to constantly update is so you're not making these blind decisions based on a limited data set from a single channel and going back to what we started with, that sort of acquisition channel disconnected from the, the, the main website or mobile site channel. So 
having that data, having a progressive profile that can be augmented, that you can then take action on, you can track, immensely important. Second thing from a mobile perspective, I would say, is to see what, to evaluate uh, what you're doing from a mobile perspective now. I think the mistake that we were seeing in the past and what we find with many customers that are looking to take that next step is they're essentially trying to pass their website into the mobile site. And they're running into the same issues that they ran into with the website to begin with, which was trying to overclutter, let's say, a homepage or an entry point with too much. Um, that's where I think the strategic methodology of an optimization program and a product like Adobe Target can be really valuable. You have to ask yourself, is this content absolutely necessary here, and why? Um, once you've been able to determine that, and perhaps it is valuable for certain audience segments, I wouldn't just assume the entire population would have the same preferences. That's where testing can be very valuable. That next level is, is it functioning the way that I think? Um, looking at the design, or the layout, or even if it has a specific function, the function of that element, and is it functioning in the best way? Are there several steps that somebody has to go through frustratingly to do what they might want to do through that, that, that location? And then finally, is the messaging right? Does it need to be tailored? Should it be personalized? And what we find with the mobile site versus the website is, again, there are different intentions that somebody has when they're accessing a mobile site versus what they might be doing from a desktop site. Let's take the travel industry for a, sec for a, 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 a second because I haven't been talking a lot of, about that. But think of how we operate, um, think how you personally operate when you're on a desktop and you're looking up uh, perhaps vacation packages for next summer. On, on a website desktop, you might be spending a lot more time reading, looking at pictures, evaluating from a mobile site there's a smaller screen there. Um, you, you know, if you're on an iPad or a tablet, you might spend a little bit more time. It might be, and even in the evening, there can be temporal variables that can be very impactful. If it's in the evening, if I'm not at work or I'm not commuting, I might spend a little bit more time uh, daydreaming, if you will, on a site uh, looking through those uh, vacation packages. On a mobile site, if it's in the morning and I'm on my commute, I may just be comparison shopping. I may just be looking at price, or better yet, if I'm a hotel or a resort and I happen to be in the location, I might be looking for uh, accommodations that night. And stuff like strike-through pricing or discounts based on um, rooms that are still available, especially if there's a large number, or even uh, luxury rooms can be a real incentive for someone to purchase via mobile versus the way they would act on a desktop. So. A, a lot of things that I, met, I, I covered there, but if you want to get down to the root of it, is the mobile site uh, is a smaller screen. There's a smaller real estate there. So optimization and personalization becomes even more important. What do I need there? Is it functioning the way that I think or want it to for that particular audience? And then is it tailored to them so there's a greater incentive for them to dig deeper and, and hopefully engage uh, and convert at a higher rate? Wow, and uh, Drew, thank you so much. Uh, where can people learn more about uh, Target and, and even some of the concepts that we just uh, talked about? Great question. We have a lot of material. Um, the first place <laughs> for, for conversations around 
use cases that I would point people to is the Adobe Digital Marketing Block. And you can literally find that from any search that you do on any you know, search site, Google, etc. Um, just type in Adobe Digital Marketing Blog, and you'll see uh, blog posts on all of these subjects. The personalization section is the one dedicated to Adobe Target and what we're seeing with our customers across industries. Another place I would point people to is adobe-target.com, and that's where you can see individual success stories from brands that I'm sure you'll recognize and what they've done uh, over time, and it's, it's over several years, um, that we've partnered with them to grow and mature their program using our maturity model and benchmarks um, for success. Um, and it's not just from a capability standpoint or a strategy perspective, but it's also um, from a governance perspective, because that can be important as well, and it's something we take for granted. We work in a business full of many different divisions uh, and many different interests and many different um, powers, politics, if you will, and we assist with that as well. It's how can you set up your program for success and evangelize the efforts that you are doing to the greatest turn and for maximizing the adoption uh, throughout your organization. Very cool. All right. Got it. Just, uh, just turn off the recorder, so we're good. <laughs>